Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the One Million by One Million podcast. This is Shramana Mitra. I'm here today with Yipeng Zhao of Embark Ventures. Yipeng, welcome to the show. Uh, thanks for inviting me. So, Yipeng, let's start by uh, getting to helping our audience get to know you. What um, you know? What is your background, and what is the in, you know focus of the Embark Ventures investment thesis? Okay, uh, so my name is Yipen Zhao, and I'm a partner at Embark Ventures. We are a Santa Monica-based early-stage venture fund that are doing uh, seed and small series A investment. Our investment thesis is around what we call deep tech or frontier technology companies. So basically, we believe in venture investment that you know, uh, supports trans- transformative technologies that are defensible, you know, as well as have a, you know, very innovative business models. Uh, so uh, we write checks up to $2 million, but uh, as small as 250 k So Swift Fall will be half million to million dollar-ish. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, uh, we closed the fund early last year uh, in the February-ish and made our first investment in March. So uh, it's a brand new firm. So, uh, you know, uh, looking forward to talking a little bit more about our fund. And how big uh, is the fund? The fund is $45 million. Okay. And are um, are the LPs Chinese LPs? Uh, we have a we have a very broad LP base. We have a, a Hong Kong and Chinese LP, and we have also a US LPs as well and local LPs. Okay. So, okay. Yep. so it's not a it doesn't have a particular China angle. Uh, not really. Although, like you know, I'm Chinese, so we can we can definitely provide values in Asia for sure. So yeah. and my partner's uh, you know you know he born here, but he's a Korean, so uh, uh you know uh. We can definitely provide some Asian angles there if it's needed, but you know the fund doesn't have to be, you know, the company doesn't have to have a like, you know, a Asian angle or anything. So got it. Yep. Um, talk to us a bit about what types of companies, sector-wise, B two B, B two C, any particular right. sector interest. Where uh-huh. do you like to invest? Okay, I'll, I'll start with our sort of investment thesis. So yep. our thesis around what we call deep tech or frontier technology. So by that, what we mean is uh, companies that are, you know, have, I guess, have technology that are defensible, whether it's from IP or, you know, trading secret or just the uh, industry expertise, right? So uh, typically the companies we're looking at have, uh, you know, are basically coming out of a university research or company research or basically, you know, a founder's been working on the problem for a couple of years in the, whether a lab or whether engineer work, right? So mm-hmm. that's our thesis, basically defensible technologies around good business models. So that's our thesis. And in terms of sector focus, we are broadly focused on three guess, broad sectors. Uh, one sector is uh, what we call security or cybersecurity, uh, yep. particularly enterprise-focused center, uh, you know, cybersecurity. You know, mostly B2B, you know, we don't do a lot of consumer cybersecurity, but mostly enterprise security yep. or like cloud infrastructure security. So that's yep. the one sector we've been spending a lot of time on. And uh, uh, another sector is what we call automation, right? So uh, it's basically uh, technologies that make things more productive. Uh, that could be robotic, AI, machine learning, or even like data analytics, right? So uh, uh, that's basically the tax that are, that is industrial automation or personal automations basically make people's, uh, uh, you know, work or life more productive. Right? So that's our sort of second, uh, second focus. And mm-hmm. in, that, in that ring, in that sort of sector, 
we're still more like I guess B two B focused uh, mm-hmm. or like enterprise focused than rather than you know B two C. So you know I guess more B two B on that sector. And the third sector uh, you know we're looking at is broadly I guess healthcare related. You know uh, that's that's basically healthcare IT and a little bit biotech. So mm-hmm. and, uh, the healthcare IT piece are very uh, you know easy to 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 justify. It's, that's more of your you know AI using healthcare or you know uh, uh, a new way to uh, to 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 do the file management for health for hospitals all that stuff. So still more like B two B. And the biotech piece are uh, I guess like more using new biotech technology uh, you know in the space that other than pharma. So no pharmaceutical product, no drug development. So we invest in companies that are, you know, doing medical testing, you know, diagnosis, right, cancer mm-hmm. testing, all that stuff. Or even yeah. like agriculture yeah. tech that use biotech, right? So, but no okay. pharmaceutical, no drug discovery. So still no more drug. like B2B. So I guess overall, the, all the three sectors we focus on are relatively B2B focused. Although like, you know, we won't say no to a B2C company if the company has some amazing tech, right? So, uh, but broadly, I would say, Ninety percent of the fund is focused on B two B and enterprise. B two B, got it. Yeah. Okay. And enterprise. And enterprise. Okay, very good. Um, uh, we have many companies <laughs> that fit that profile. Um, yeah. So, what about geography? Mm-hmm. So, uh, I would say we are a Southern California-based fund. So, we spend mm-hmm. most of our time uh, looking at company in Southern California. But by that, what we mean is, you know, that obviously Los Angeles area is where we based our headquarters, mm-hmm. Los Angeles. Uh, yeah. But you know, like we also look at from Santa Barbara, which is a little bit, you know, uh, you know, uh, I guess north to uh, the LA County, and also down to Irvine, San Diego. So that's sort of like the broadly we are looking at is, uh, you know, from Santa Barbara to like you know uh, San Diego. That's broadly we spend about I think 50% of the time, uh, you know, in that space or that mm-hmm. that, that location. But we also spend a little bit of time on the uh, Bay Area as well. So we have a two company we are investing in our headquarters in Bay Area, uh, you mm-hmm. know, San Francisco or, 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 or you know, Palo Alto and stuff like this. Uh, and for uh, for Bay Area deals, we will never lead a deal in Bay Area just because we are a little bit far away from there. Uh, mm-hmm. But for Southern California deals, we do lead deals in Southern California. And, oh. uh, you know, uh, we start getting into more like other, you know, emerging market like Boston and, you know, Texas. But we haven't really any deals in Boston or you know Seattle or Texas other locations although mm-hmm. uh, we have a venture partner in Boston so we try to spend a little, little bit time in Boston as well so okay all right um, talk about what trends do you see in your deal flow you've been investing for about a year what have you know, you've you've seen a lot of deal flow? What have you seen in the deal flow that can be synthesized as key trends? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean uh, it's a very good question. So we see a lot of uh, different trends on different time, I guess. So uh, for example, I think last year uh, was a lot of AI companies coming out. A lot of AI applied in any other in, in some other other in, industries. Like for example, it's AI for like medical imagery and this like AI for workplaces. All that stuff. So AI uh, is definitely a trendy uh, topic. So we've been seeing our deal flow. And this mm-hmm. year, you know, I guess blockchain is definitely uh, picking up the pace. There's a lot mm-hmm. of blockchain companies. And, you know, robotics is definitely one thing we've seen our, like, a lot of deals are coming, coming from or doing like some sort of robotics or, you yeah. know, application robotics. Uh, and, you know, uh, yeah, so that's sort of like that's definitely the hot, 
topics we've been seeing. But you know, yeah. just the, because we are based in LA, you know, we also see like a lot of just consumer goods and you know entertainment and stuff, right? So mm-hmm. which we don't really invest, but we're still seeing a lot of deals in the you know consumer app or consumer product, and also just entertainment related media companies as well. So yeah. mm-hmm. you know, but yeah, yeah. So I mean, uh, I think the trend is always changing. So every couple of months, you see a different trend. And what um, have you invested in? What are the highlights of your portfolio that you're particularly excited about? And as you're describing yeah. them, tell us also about what is it about that company that really clinched it for you? Yeah. yeah. So, uh, uh, you know, since we closed the fund, we have a six portfolio company already. Uh, you know, I mean, we probably do like once every two, two months. Uh, you know, some of the company, to be honest, is still in a stealth mode, so I can't talk too much about it. Uh, but I would just maybe give a couple uh, examples of companies we invested in that are, uh, I guess, actually announced or, or publicly known, right? So, uh, mm-hmm. for example, one company we really like is uh, a company called Invia Robotic. Uh, mm-hmm. So they just announced their financing. It's basically a uh, automation for warehouses. For small to okay. medium, small medium, or you know, a little bit large uh, warehouses. So that's uh, that's one of the sectors we really spend a lot of time on. It's automation, and uh, mm-hmm. we really do believe a warehouse automation is the future of the industry, right? So uh, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. uh, since Amazon bought Kiva, you know, it's sort of like disappeared a little bit, right? So there's a lot of demand for uh, you know warehouse owners and e-commerce sites and all the other you know different warehouses uh, that has the strong demand of having automation system uh, in their warehouses, right? So, yeah. and a lot of them, uh, a lot of them couldn't spend millions of dollars to make the new infrastructure of the warehouse, right? Because the ROI right. doesn't make sense, right? So, yeah. uh, our our com- our portfolio company basically uh, sort of like developed a way to do retrofitting uh, and make it, uh, you know, to make the ROI more feasible to small and medium-sized warehouses, right? So, uh, you know, everybody can uh, can basically deploying a, a, a robotic in their warehouse and uh, you know uh, and, and make it make it cost efficient so that's one company we really like and, uh, and so and, and it's also it's one of our core focuses around automation and uh, you know make the make the workflow make the workflow more yep. productive right so and another company that we invest in is uh, a company called Gco it was basically a uh, a new bank infrastructure to make a more secure and uh, private bank so, you know, there's a whole bunch of uh, cybersecurity issues, a whole bunch of hacks going on with different banks and credit bureaus. And I'm pretty sure, you know, you heard about a lot of this, uh, this different issues, right? And, you know, banks selling data to other people, all that stuff, right? So uh, yeah. the company is basically developing a new distributed uh, infrastructure to sort of like, you know, uh, make you control your own banking data and make it, uh, you know, uh, fully secure or at least like, more secure than traditional bank, and uh, you know, uh, hopefully cheaper than traditional bank as well, right? So uh, yeah. that type that that type of infrastructure, cloud infrastructure, is something we really like and really mm-hmm. feel excited about. Uh, and uh, we actually uh, we have another company that are doing uh, a semiconductor for AI. I can't tell the name mm-hmm. now, but uh, so they're basically making a uh, an uh, edge computing semiconductor chip uh, for IoT devices or for like local computing devices. Uh, mm-hmm. So you know, which is a for us is a great area. You know, as I said, AI is how do we think about it's part of automation and part of uh, making more productivity. And edge computing is definitely uh, you know uh, the trending uh, things we've been seeing on IoT and on AI space, right? 
So mm-hmm. after a whole bunch of uh, cloud infrastructure and cloud semiconductors being you know made by you know Intel, Nvidia, all these other folks, there's a big uh, almost like a vacuum in the I guess the, the edge computing space for AI, right? So we mm-hmm. really strongly believe uh, the edge computing in the future uh, is, is going to be big in the future. So yeah, that's uh, I guess a couple of highlights of the portfolios we have done uh, that we can talk about, and there's a couple others. Uh, you know, we invest in, but we can't really talk about it right now. So, uh, okay. Yeah. And what, so, um, when you say you are comfortable investing 250K to 2 million check sizes, what do you want to see in a, in terms of validation to be mm-hmm. willing mm-hmm. to invest? Right. So I, I think it's a, a, a lot of the time it depends on the stage of the company. So it's no yeah. like a, 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 a one answer fit for all type of answer. Uh, so uh, I guess we can do anywhere from idea stage, which we call like pre-seed. So basically mm-hmm. uh, a smart entrepreneur, a smart team that has yep. an idea and has a tech. Obviously, you know, we are very focused on the deep tech stuff, right? So yep. you know, has a great tech that they developed or great engineer work that they have, right? And, but, but they don't really have a prototype. And we can actually go in that early, but typically that will be, you know, a smaller check and lower valuation, all that stuff, right? So, but, you know, in that, in that sense, the, the validation we're looking at in that stage will be more like the team. So the team has to be, you know, amazing for us to really make a bad bit before seeing anything, right? And also we have to understand the future product and the future value proposition and the, the product development pipelines, right? So the milestones they have to achieve. So for, for this kind of companies or for like super early stage, almost like pre-seed, that's what mm-hmm. we're looking at. And, uh, you know, for our core bets, which is seed and, you know, like more like a, a, a slightly larger round, we typically would want to, uh, the company have a, a more like a prototype or like a proof concept type of deal. You know, mm-hmm. uh, doesn't, it doesn't have to be have revenues, but uh, we would love to see some of the proof of, proof of concept or, uh, you know, a basic prototype, right? And yeah. uh, uh, I guess the the, bad, the 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 very good uh, uh, I guess the uh, analog we give to the entrepreneur is uh, with this round of financing we're participating. Uh, hopefully they can have one paying customers after it, right? So yeah. they can be a little bit step. They can be a little bit before they have revenue or before they have customer. But hopefully after the after the race they can very soon have the one customer or have one you know revenue stream, right? So yeah. uh, and that's. You know, I guess to that is that idea. We normally want to see the prototype. We normally want to see the profile concept, and hopefully, yeah. you know, slightly revenue. But revenue is not really, uh, uh, I guess, a requirement, right? So mm-hmm. uh, that's that's another okay. sector, another stage. But you know, we also do a little bit of like small series A deals, which you know we look at revenues and all that stuff. Yeah. Okay, and um, talk to me about TAM. You know, in the Bay Area, we see a lot of companies funds of your size still chasing unicorns. Are you chasing mm-hmm. unicorns? Are you looking for these billion dollar plus TAM deals? Or are you also open to investing in companies that have that are working on maybe smaller TAMs but could be very compelling, you know, solving right. compelling niche problems that will be two hundred, three hundred million dollar TAM, maybe hundred million dollar TAM, but have to be done differently as a capital efficient venture, exited early, etc. Right. I mean, like, uh, yeah. I mean, I think different people have different opinions. So for us, uh, we definitely believe the uh, unicorn type of company. 
as a venture investor. Uh, you know, it doesn't have to be, I guess, like, my, our definition of, just because we are a smaller fund, right? So our definition of a unicorn is a little bit different than, you know, Square benchmark, right? So, uh, you know, the company in our portfolio doesn't have to be, like, sell to $10 billion or, like, whatever, right? So, uh, you know, uh, a couple hundred million dollars actually could be good for us, could be very good for us, mm-hmm. especially given we are, like, you know, uh, invest early. Uh, but I guess like we definitely want the company have a potential to become a unicorn. So we don't we we don't want to invest in a small exit type of company. That that, that would be the short answer. Because I think this couple thought process on that. Uh, you know, uh, this is you know I guess one reason is because you know we do believe venture model is built on the high risk and high return type of company, right? So uh, it has to have a very big potential uh, in order to justify the risk. Right, so uh, uh, that, that's that, that's one thing we we really think that that's of like determines our uh, perspective of looking at unicorn. Because if you look at the, all the asset class, like venture venture capital, is really the one of the most risky asset you can have, right, on your portfolio. So uh, if that's already super risky, and uh, if you're not chasing the big return, then it's not really justified, right? Cause, uh, even the smaller well, active, I think the issue is that the market is so flooded with the uh, uh, you know, micro VCs right now in yep. just the last yep. five years, there are 700 micro VC funds and if yep. everybody is looking for unicorns, it's just mathematically unviable. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I agree. I, th- I think, I think, you know, like that's, that's why I think like the definition of a unicorn for us is different than the definition of a unicorn people really think about. Right? So, uh, I think, you know, uh, for us, the, the, the unicorn could be, uh, I guess, uh, a small exit, not a small, like actually with a couple hundred million dollars. Like three to five hundred million dollar, where that's not a unicorn for Square for benchmark, right? So I think well, for but, us, but that is not the definition of an of a unicorn. A unicorn is defined as a billion dollar a billion market dollar. cap company. What you are yeah. looking for is a ten x return, which is not a unicorn necessarily. You can get a ten yeah. x return on a company that has a much smaller exit, much smaller ten, much smaller yeah. exit. Yeah, yeah, but but, but I, guess, I guess my my point will be we are still looking for unicorns. Right, so it's not. It's, it's that we don't have to have a unicorn to make the fun, you know, good fun. But we have to look for unicorns. That's, yeah. That's so you're still looking thought, for unicorns right? is the basic point. There are a lot yeah, of funds actually right now that I'm talking to that are, um, that are looking for smaller exits. Yeah. Yeah, smaller exits and and smaller opportunities to to not yeah. compete in that same pool yeah. where all the unicorn yeah. seekers are competing, which is a yeah. very competitive yeah. pool. Yeah. Okay. Which, which actually, oh. I actually got it. You know, that's that's also very good value proposition. Yeah. yeah. And what um, what do you think of the Series A gap? There is, you know, hundred thousand seed investments and twelve hundred to fifteen hundred venture investments. How does mm-hmm. uh, how do you process that? Uh, uh so you you mean like uh, I guess a gap between series like seed. The company to Series A company. Series and Series A, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, like, my opinion would be there's always a problem there, like, even before, uh, you know, Seed and Series A is always a big, hard gap. And the most companies died after Seed, and just because they can't reach Series A. So, I think by nature of the business, you will always say most companies die after Seed, right? So, I don't think that's, uh, I don't think that's because of the structure of the business. It's just because of the nature of the business, right? Because, uh, you know, as, as I said, I think venture, you know, startup is just a very high risky, high risk business, right? And, uh, you know, uh, most of the time, companies die quick, right? So, which is actually great for venture investors. So, I think the gap between Seed and Series A 
it's not really a issue, you know, just because you know, uh, uh, you don't you don't want the bad company get founded, right? So seed is more like a testing phase, and Series A is more serious, right? So if the company is not fundable at Series A, you know, there has to be some consequences, and the consequences in the startup world it will be the company just gets to die, right? So I think that. So I have a completely cap- different perspective on this, by the way. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. Ha- I don't at all have a venture capital perspective. I, I'm. I. I take the perspective of the entrepreneurs, and and the. Yep. My perspective is this: that it's not like these companies need to die at all. It's just that they need to be built as non-venture funded funded companies, as more bootstrap totally companies, great, yeah. maybe a little bit of angel funding or seed funding, but yep. largely bootstrap companies. And you can build yep. very nice businesses, very nice profitable businesses, potentially yep. small exit businesses using. Yep you know, across this, these broad numbers of companies. Yep. So, so I think the yep. venture capital industry has a very arrogant perspective that all these companies that, are, that don't fit the venture model are bad companies. They're not bad companies. They're just no, not no, high I mean, I'm not saying that. So I, I, I guess like, I'll, I'll, I'll say this way. So, so you, you know, since the content is about venture series A and series funding, I'll say, you know, uh, if the company decide to raise from venture at the seed stage, they have to sort of like understand the consequences of uh, of venture backed companies. That is right? correct. Just, that is correct. I think that, that that's what I'm saying, right? That's that's why there's a gap, right? So if the yeah, and it's very poorly understood. I think the problem with the industry is that all entrepreneurs think that they should all raise venture capital, yeah. and that's a flawed assumption. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's actually that's actually why one of my biggest uh, uh, advice to a lot most of a company is uh, if you if you are not uh, you know venture backable. You know, if, meaning if you are now the high growth company, just don't take money from venture capital. You know, there's whole different other resources, right? You can be very profitable. You can be like the venture funding doesn't help you if you are not a, you know, if you if you don't want That's to go right. through the traditional venture road, right? So That's there's so many different other sources. There's family office. There's like banking. There's loans. There's FBR loans. There's like yeah. NSF funding, right? There's so many other resources that can that can you know make you go through make it to a great company, right? So doesn't have to be a venture back business, but I would say if the company decides to take the money from venture capital at seed, they have to sort of like know the consequences. Because uh, you know, yes. uh, yeah. if you take so venture capital, <laughs> then you're going to need to go to a hundred million dollars in five to seven years. Yep. That's the yeah. requirement, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. that's how the venture and, capital and, and model works. Yeah, and and I really want to, like, you know, like, I mean, you know, I, I think I'm, I think you know, we are very, we are very, I guess, like. Uh, uh, honest person in terms of uh, like a venture capital, we just taught entrepreneur whatever we think uh, that's, that's the truth. You know what? What do we think is uh, I think for venture capital, uh, it's better for the company to die faster. Uh, you know, than, rather than just being uh, almost like a you know leaving zombie at some level for venture back business, not for every business, but only for venture back right. business. Because right? you know we have a very short period of time of the uh, of the fund to give back our LPs, right? So so we can't hold the company forever. So if the company is really, you can always feed the, feed the company a little bit of money to make it work for like more than for another year or for another two years. You can always do that, right? But right. in that case, you sort of like drag down both parties, right? For the entrepreneur, you know, uh, they can have better things to do other than, you know, working in the company that has uh, no chance to hyper growth, right? And for venture capital, you sort of like getting to the business where you can have to keep working with them for another 10 years, right, which sort of like drags down the exit pipeline, right? So uh, that's why I think a lot of, uh, it's, it's unfair to the entrepreneur uh, just because of the very weird structure of venture capital, but, you know, sometimes just to have to deal with uh, with this unfairness 
just because you know venture capital also have LPs, also have investors, right? Yeah, so we have a pressure yeah. from other investors as well. Yeah, that's right. And and part of the problem is also the industry is full of bad VCs who make bad investments, yeah. and uh, yeah. and as a result, the entrepreneur gets caught in this, you know, trying to fit a square peg in a round yeah. hole situation, yeah. which is completely yeah. unhealthy and completely unproductive. Yeah, especially especially at the seed stage, I would say like that's very common. Yeah. Now I think. Especially with all this, like I don't think it's bubble, but like it's very easy to get a seed funding now. Like you yeah. can you can easily get a seed funding, even if you are not venture backable. Like as you said, it could be a very good business, but uh, you know it, it can be a not a good investment, not growth, not great venture business, right? And these right. guys all raise from venture capital, right? So which it's actually bad for them, not bad for venture capital, cause, you know. Uh, yes, you know. That's correct. Uh, for, That's for, correct. For the entrepreneur. You know, uh, they they could be a very amazing business, profitable business in two years. But w- since they take the money from venture capital, the VCs is pushing them to go to spend the money to go hyper growth, and then they end up just going to this bad circle, right? So yeah, right, right. All right, Yipeng, that's great. It's a um, very good perspective to keep bringing to the investors. I, I, you know, I harp on these points constantly to keep our <laughs> entrepreneurs, you know, understanding what are the dynamics of our industry. So thank you for uh, reinforcing those points. And uh, thank you, audience, for listening. You're very welcome. Thank you, audience, for listening. Um, You are very welcome to stop by at one of the working sessions, the free public roundtables where we do the project-based mentoring. Go to the 1mby1m.com website and go to free public roundtables. You can register to pitch or attend. And I look forward to working with you on one of those sessions. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back with another edition of the 1mby1m podcast.